Well, Duffy's tavern. Whether you're late, neat, neat, Archie, the man you're speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Uh, tonight, uh, Bob Benchley, the noted actor, writer, wit, and raconteur. <laughs> huh? A movie actor. Uh, yeah, works in shorts. <laughs> Duffy, that is an old joke. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's got a great kisser for comedy, Duffy. Looks, uh... Looks sort of like a surprised cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the guy. That's right. His uh, first picture was called How to Sleep. That's what he should have called his other ones, too. <laughs> well, he's uh, going to speak at the party tonight. Oh, I forgot to tell you. You know Bob Graham, the kid that's been singing here? Yeah, well, I'm giving a big party to launch him. Huh? Well, you know our party. Somebody's bound to conk him with a bottle. <laughs> So what? The guy's a croner. He won't even notice it. <laughs> well, uh, try to get down here, Duffy. And, uh, by the way, uh, wear shoes. There's going to be dancing. Okay, Duffy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Duffy's Tavern. Come in and meet Finnegan, Eddie the waiter, Miss Duffy, our singer Bob Graham, Reed Beat Reeves and his orchestra, our special guests tonight, Robert Pinsley, and Archie himself, Ed Gartner. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Ed is the head waiter speaking. What's that you want? A reservation. Mister, we, we don't make reservations here. No, so just come down. If you find a chair that ain't busted, it's yours. <laughs> Say, Eddie, uh, how does this sound? Duffy's time and launch is no singer. What is that? It's a publicity story I'm writing to flash to all the newspapers. Tonight at Duffy's Tavern, Mr. Bob Graham, a new vocal chanteuse, <laughs> was introduced with great prayer and condolences to Third Avenue Society. <laughs> Uh, this for the obituary column? <laughs> Let them put it where they want. Uh, among those present was, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Colucci, distinguished fruit peddlers. <laughs> Mr. Mortimer Cavendish, uh, proprietor of the Smile a While Undertaking Parlors. <laughs> and Lady Cavendish. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. and Mrs. Second Story Jackson. And son, Jimmy. <clears throat> Uh, Mrs. Benjamin T. Piddleton, wife of the wealthy dowager by the same name, and uh, others too numberless to mention. The speaker of the evening was Mr. Robert Benchley, who kept the crowd violent with his famous wit. Uh, a goodly time was had by all. Well, Eddie? You think they'll print that? Well, any editor ain't gonna print that ain't got a nose for news. Any editor that can stand that ain't got a nose. <laughs> Look, Eddie, I'll handle the publicity, and I guarantee by the time I'm through, they say we got another Sinatra. Now, uh, what about the food for the party? Is it ready? Well, the chef just made up some horse d'oeuvres. <laughs> Eddie, please. Horse d'oeuvres, not horse. Ah, you know what he made them out of. <laughs> Hope he didn't. After all, tonight is no night to be serving horse meat. So what? So they'll say you got another Crosby. (laughs) (laughs) 
Always joking. You know, Eddie, if we was paying you a salary here, I'd cut it. <laughs> I really would. party starting. Oh. <laughs> Any minute now. But, Finnegan, uh, couldn't you dress a little better for tonight? Dodge. Something wrong with my attire? <laughs> Something wrong. Look at them shoes. Oh, I was rather proud of them. Two-tone shoes? Well, Two-tone shoes is all right, but not one tone on each foot. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get a new pair? To a large direction. Well, ain't you got an airplane stamp? Yeah, but I need shoes. <laughs> well, uh, maybe after the war they'll print stamps with shoes on in case you need an airplane. <laughs> and look at that. Look at that tie you're wearing. Dodge, what's wrong with this tie? Well, look at it. Gravy. Mustard. Ketchup. Egg. Too loud, huh? <laughs> Uh, uh, personally, I thought it was in rather good taste. Well, it should taste good with all that food on it. <laughs> and again, I'm afraid I will have to ask you to refrain from this party. Uh, go on. I, I bet I'll be the life of the party, dude. Look, I bring a deck of cards. Uh-uh. We're going to do card tricks. Uh, sure, watch this. Now, pick a card, Arch. Any card. Okay. Uh, what card is it? The Jack of Diamonds. Pretty good trick, huh? Finnegan, <laughs> however did you do it? Well, I promised not to tell. <laughs> but I got another one that's even better. Hey, pick a card. Okay. Now, don't tell me what it is. Now, take the number of cards. Yeah. Double it. Yeah. Now, add ten. Yeah. Now, take away two. Yeah. You got all that? Yeah. Your card is the 19 of spades. <laughs> Nineteen of spades. Nope. This time you're wrong. Well, what is your card, Arch? The King of England. <laughs> uh, I must have added wrong. 
It's a great trick, though, ain't it, Art? Yep, absolutely uncanny. Say, Archie. Oh, yeah, Miss Duffy. When you invited people to meet Bob Graham tonight, how did you dare ignore my club, the Ten Jolly Girls AC? Oh, nothing personal. I just felt they was too ugly. (laughs) Archie, they're very nice girls. Maybe they're not beautiful, but don't forget their characters. They sure are. (laughs) Oh, yeah? You keep talking like that and the girls will put you on their boycott list. What's that? That's a complete list of all the fellas that won't go out with them. (laughs) In other words, the male descendants of Adam. (laughs) That's a side to the point. You invited Mrs. Pendleton and that dopey literary society. Well, they're interested in singing. They're a cultural club. Well, so are we. I said cultural, not vultural. (laughs) Oh, yeah? The Ten Jolly Girls are a very educated group of girls. Educated? Of course. Three of the girls went to high school, two went to college, and and, uh, of the other four, there is not one that don't wear glasses. Look, Miss Duffy, I am running this party, and I will send invitations to anybody to whom I may concern. <laughs> and I ain't going to have them dames manhandling a nice kid like that Bob Graham. Say, Archie, uh, you know that Bob Graham is lucky to have a guy like you taking care of him. Well, I get a kick out of it, Mr. Bailey. You know, it's a wonderful feeling to see a great acorn go from a little oak. Hey, Eddie, you better check up in the kitchen and see if we can handle a crowd tonight. Uh, looks like we're going to be mobbed. Let them come. We got food enough to kill them all. <laughs> well, you better make sure now, because this party's got to be right. You know, we got a big investment in this grandkid. After all, we're paying him six bucks a week. Hey, wait a minute. Here he comes now. <laughs> How are you, Bob? Well, kid, tonight, tonight. Yeah, I suppose so. Yep, kid, this night will be long remembered. Tonight, in Duffy's Tavern, a star gives birth. Uh, what's the matter, kid? You seem kind of down in the mouth. Well, there is something bothering you. Come on, tell me what it is. After all, I'm your pal. I want you to tell me everything. Well, I don't like to say it. Go on, spill it. That's what I'm here for, to help you with your problems. Well, Archie, I think I should be paid more money. Look, kid, I'm busy with the party tonight. See you later. (laughs) But, Archie... But, Archie, you just said I could tell you. Please, don't come around to me with every silly thing that comes into your mind. Now, forget it. (laughs) But I'm serious, Archie. I won't sing around here for $6 a week. Look, I know $6 a week ain't all the money in the world. It ain't even some of it. (laughs) Quiet, Eddie. Now, look, kid. I know how you feel. You want to get into the big dough quick. Well... Leave me give you some fatherly advice. Anything worth having is worth getting. <laughs> I'd like to tell you a little story. Uh, some years ago, there came to work at Duffy's Tavern a young boy. He was paid $4 a week. He didn't like it, but he took it. And he stuck at his job, determined to succeed. Today, that boy is the manager of Duffy's Tavern. <laughs> And drawing down a cool 15 bucks a week. <laughs> Bob, as you may have guessed, that boy was me. 
Quite a story, huh? I still want to raise. <laughs> this little acorn has turned out to be a tough nut. <laughs> now, look, kid, the crowd has started to arrive. Leave us talk this over in the back room. You beat me to it. I'll be uh, right with you, Eddie. Okay. Duffy's Tavern, as I live and breathe. Take your choice, Mr. Benson. Around here, you can do both. <laughs> oh, that's quite a place. Yeah, pretty startling, ain't it? Mm-hmm. It's not so bad for what it is, but uh, what is it? <laughs> uh, wait here, Mr. Benson. I'll go get Miss Archie. All righty. I'll wait right here, right next to this mouse. The song of Bernadette. Hello? Hi. I know who you are. Well, you have the advantage of me. I don't even know what you are. (laughs) I've seen you in a movie. Don't tell me. Wallace Berry. No. Tallulah Banker. You're getting warm. Well, I give up. 
I'm uh, Bob Benchley. Bob Benchley? I never heard of you. <laughs> yeah, but from now on, I'm going to be watching for you and rooting for you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, not at all. Us dumb-looking guys are going to stick together. <laughs> Oh, boy, one guy I've always yanked it to me. And here you are. Well, it, it unmitigates me. <laughs> Words fail me. Well, why shouldn't they when you abuse them so? <laughs> there he goes right off the bat. <laughs> what a whip. You know, I love your kind of humor. Dry, witty, droll, subtle, and yet with that certain something that keeps it from being funny. <laughs> You know, I've never known anyone like you before. And if I had it to do all over again, that's the way it would be. Thanks, yeah. It's too bad we didn't get together sooner. You know, I'm quite a brilliant wit myself. Sharp, huh? Yeah, got a head like a steel track. <laughs> like the other day, Tuffy says to me, Archie, we're all out of cake. So just like that, I come back and I say, okay, so let him eat bread. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I must tell that to Mark Twain. Mark Twain is dead. Then he won't mind it. <laughs> oh. 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 Oh, uh, Mr. Benchley, meet Miss Duffy, the Duffy entry on Sadie Hawkins' day. Good evening, Mr. Benchley. Uh, Mr. Benchley, for a man as old as you are, how do you manage to keep so young? Well, it's very simple. I lie about my age. Well, why shouldn't you? And you know, meeting you makes me feel like I'm almost willing to be an old man's darling. Gee, you're cute. How do you like that? Of all the girls. Miss Duffy, all I can say is that any dame who has the audacity to make a pass at Robert Benchley will make a pass at anything. <laughs> the guy's old enough to be your father. So what? Mr. Benchley, don't you approve of May marrying December? Why, certainly I do. I think if two months love each other, they have a perfect right back. <laughs> yep, that's telling them, Mr. Benchley. Uh, Miss Archie, you better get that Bob Graham out there. The crowd getting impatient for the party to start. Okay, Eddie, we'll get started in a minute. Uh, look, uh, Bench. Uh, <clears throat> we're, uh, giving this party tonight to launch a new singer. And, uh... We would like to present them in a high-class way, so if you'd be kind enough to make, uh, you know, a very pompous speech, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> something in keeping with the tone of the evening. Uh... The high art! When does the party start? Yeah, let's get a move on. Yeah, come on, I didn't think you kind of hanging on this stuff. Ah, shut your lousy trap. <laughs> As I was saying, Bob, we would like a really refined speech. Uh, we'd preference, naturally, that it was on some cultural subject. Uh, well, why don't I talk about crooning? Well, do you know anything about crooning? Do I? I fainted three times at the Paramount last week. <laughs> well, that's good enough for me. Well, that's that. Now, if I could only talk that grandkid out of asking for more dough. Say, Archie, you having trouble? Yeah. Yeah, I've been talking to this grandkid like a father, and... Hey, maybe I should become a mother. <laughs> I see what you mean, Archie. A mother can be a great help in many ways. Well, Mr. Bailey, did I say something provocative? 
<laughs> yes, you did, Archie. <laughs> okay, folks, the launching party for Bob Graham is going to get started. Uh, trumpets, please. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, patrons and matrons of the arts, we are very gracious of you to be here for the first public expose of Bob Graham as a singer. For two weeks now, we've been grooming him, and tonight we removed the blanket. <laughs> but first, a few words from that star of stage and screen, Robert Benchley, who tonight returns to his first love, literacy. Uh, Mr. Benchley, uh, you may don the podium. Ladies and gentlemen, the subject of my discourse tonight is crooning. Now, as you all know, the human throat is made up of three parts. One, the larynx, two, the pharynx, and three, the Adam's apple. The Adam's apple, of course, is the most important part of a crooner's throat, as it is the part on which the bow tie rests. <laughs> now, the ordinary singer sings with his mouth open, thusly. You notice how unpleasant that is? <laughs> but the crooner, the crooner sings thusly. Which is just as unpleasant, but harder to hear. <laughs> now, another important part of the crooner is the jukebox. It is estimated, it is estimated, and I quote, that in the 12-month period from 1939 to 1944, Americans, or people of American descent, <laughs> put into jukeboxes a total of 19,742,000 nickels and five cents. <laughs> And I, un and I unquote. Another phenomenon in connection with crooning is the growth of what is known as the bobby sock. That's no relation. <laughs> in line with this, the noted psychologist at the Psychology Institute, Psychology, Pennsylvania, <laughs> the uh, head of the outpatient department, Dr. Eric Hoffmannstummer, said, quote, it could happen to you. <laughs> Unquote. Uh, Dr. Hoffenstummer, incidentally, has just left the Institute and is now singing at the Orpheum under the name of Perry Hoffenstummer. <laughs> Velvet rhythm, you know. The two leading crooners of the day are Mr. Frank Sinatra and Mr. Bing Crosby. Mr. Sinatra has a huge following, which is highly enthusiastic about his singing, causing them to emit such cries as... <laughs> Here a chart which I have just gone off on my automatic pencil. Here is a red line which begins at the figure 100,000 and ends in July. From July to 200,000, we have a blue line which is joined at point X here by another blue line, whereupon both blue lines curve back into the red line, and here we say bye bye blues. <laughs> Now, there are various other lines here scooting up and down across the page, but these lines mean nothing. Uh, they're left over from an old chart of mine on birth rate and maternity ward. <laughs> now, to continue, I'm... Uh, Mr. Archer, the people are starting to walk out. They're lucky. I thought they'd have to be carried out. <laughs> well, now, to continue, we have... And thank you, Robert Benchley. Uh, now, uh, Bob, Bob Graham, uh, get ready. You go on next. 
Sorry, Archie. I've got another job. Another job? But you can't do this. What about all of the people here? Sorry, Archie. Tell you what. You're getting $6 a week? I'll give you a 50% raise. From now on, you get six and a half. <laughs> Sorry, Archie, but I was just across the street to Grogan's bar, and uh, Grogan offered me $10 a week. Kid, you can't go to work for Grogan. He ain't even a college man. <laughs> now, look, sing for the gang here and give me a little time to reconsider, huh? But, Archie... Folks, we now come to the big piece of resistance of the evening. <laughs> Mr. Bob Graham, who I predict within six months will become the scourge of America. <laughs> Take it, Bob. April in Paris Chestnuts in blossom Holiday tables Under the trees April in Paris This is a feeling no one can ever reprieve. I never knew the charm of spring, never met it face to face. I never knew my heart could sing. Never knew a warm embrace Till April in Paris Whom can I run to? What have you done to my heart? April in Paris Can I run to? What have you done to my heart? Oh, that was great. Eddie, you hear that clapping? They love the kid. Kid, come here. Come here, man. Tell you what. Rogan will give you ten dollars. We'll give you eleven. Uh, take that, Eddie. Hello, Mr. Graham. Yeah, uh, that's for you, Mister. I bet it's that thirty Grogan with another offer. Hello, who's this? Oh, how are you? Well, thanks. That's very flattering. I was right. It was Grogan. How much? Twelve dollars? Tell that bum we'll give you thirteen. Hello? I've just been offered thirteen. What? Fifteen? It's a deal. Give me that phone. Now listen, Grogan, we found this kid first and... Who is this? Stuffy. <laughs> Stuffy, what are you trying to do? Chiseling the kid up to fifteen bucks a week? Oh, Mrs. Duffy heard him and she swooned. <laughs> oh. You want to keep them singing so you can keep her passed out. <laughs> okay, Duffy, you're the boss. 
Well, Archie, you got a fine singer there. Well, thanks, Mr. Benchley, and uh, thanks a lot for launching it, kid. Oh, it's no privilege at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll be running along now. Okay, but uh, let's get together real soon, huh? Right? Certainly. Uh, do you ever get to South Bend, Indiana? No. Neither do I. Uh, let's have lunch there sometime, shall we? <laughs> it's a date with me, Bob. So long. So long. So long. Well, it's time to leave Duffy's Tavern for this evening, but let's all meet here again next week when our guest will be Ida Lupino. Robert Benchley is currently being seen in the Paramount picture National Barn Dance. Join us again next week. And if you have half hour next Friday evening at this same time, remember... Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy. Uh, next week, Ida Lupino. Yeah. Yeah, as Benchley would say, uh, quote, unquote. <laughs> well, so long, Duffy. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.